The Blaze Radio Network. The experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free, just like we did for these current Web.com customers. We've used and and looked at other website designers, but there's nobody better than Web.com. Web.com can build your website in as little as seven days free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines like Google, Yahoo, and Bing. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. If you're in business today and you don't have a web presence, you won't be taken seriously. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-490-1099 or go to web.com slash radio. That's 800-490-1099. No upfront charge for site build, after which ongoing fees apply. Rights to site are relinquished when canceled. Domain included during active service, after which fees apply. Glenn Beck. The Blaze Radio Network. Hello, America, and welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. Glad you're here today. It is Thursday. We have an audience, some people from Puerto Rico, Nashville through Australia, Minneapolis, Las Vegas. What, what have I missed? New York. From all over the country, I am anxious to hear your thoughts today. So we're going to start with you, Catherine. Um, I just want to say thank you, and also going through the process of coming in, I'm sorry that, you know, you have to live this way oh, with no. security and everything. I think uh, you know, that just, we're living in a different world. I know. it. We're living in a different world. And I want to just say, and just standing there when we're praying and having my hand on your back, that's what I was going to say to you, that, you know, as far as I'm being a listener and just a, believing in you and the blaze— that you know that I have you back and we have you back and Thank you. when if and when whoever is elected <laughs> um please tell us what we can do to help you in the days I think, to come. You know what? We're all in this together and first thing you can do is I don't ask anybody um to believe in me. In fact I insist that you don't because I've been let down by everybody I know. And my standards, I think, are just my standards. And so I've been projecting my standards on other people, and I don't think that's fair. And so I will inevitably let you down because I think that's what happens when you put your faith in people. I will tell you that just like you, we try our best and we do all that we can. And the best thing that we can do for each other is pray for each other, give each other the benefit of the doubt. Um, We're entering a world now where... Facts don't matter. They just don't matter. So anybody, if we live in a world where facts don't matter, anyone can make any charge and they will split us apart. We have to engage critical thinking. If someone makes a charge, then it is incumbent on each of us to do our homework and look at that charge. See if it fits the character. See if it fits what you know. Then... See, if it doesn't, okay, who's making that charge? Do they have any credibility? And if they do, it is incumbent on you, no matter how much you think that will hurt your side or disagree with what you want to believe, you have to stand there. That's the biggest thing. Critical thinking and honesty. Being honest with yourself. This is what 
This is what the truth has led me to. I don't like standing here, but I'm going to stand here. And when we all do that, we're great. I can't believe that the... I've said it a million times after I left that woman in Poland, um, the, one of the righteous among the nations, who said to me when I asked, what can we do, what can I do to plant, to water the seed of righteousness in everybody? I know we all have it. I know there's, there's that spark of humanity in all of us. How do I water that tree before trouble comes in my own children, in myself, and in others? And when she said to me, remember, the righteous didn't suddenly become righteous. They just refused to go over the cliff with everyone else. A, that was very uh, good to hear because it didn't require me to do anything. It, I didn't have to be superhuman. I just had to be human. I just had to be human. And I have been saying that for a while about just don't go over the cliff with the rest of humanity. And we're there. We're there, whether people know it or not. We are either at the precipice or we are over the cliff. And everyone has lost reason. They've just lost reason. Uh, Can somebody, JP, would you print out um, um, uh, Rudyard Kipling's poem, Copybook Headings? Would you print that out for me? Because he talks about that. And that's the best thing we can do for each other. Hold on to reason. As Thomas Jefferson said, fix reason firmly in her seat and question with boldness. Who's next? No one? Yes, Janice. Um, we have a mixed family. Wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry, go ahead. Where are you from? Uh, Oakdale, Minnesota. How are things in Minnesota besides cold? Um, well, our governor is a little bit on the left side. A okay. um, little bit in Minnesota? Loves, loves Minsure and it's falling apart. It's just everybody, whether you're a liberal or you're a Republican, everybody's so mad because their premiums, if you looked at the star- chart of the United States, Minnesota's up there, went up, I think, towards 75%. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Well, you know, you know what the solution is. Get rid of it. <laughs> no. No. The solution will be to repeal but and replace with one single pair. This is what we talked about at Fox. We said it's designed to fail. Who would do that? Well, I don't know people who are progressives that want a single-payer health care system. Sure. That's, what, that's what's coming. But anyway, go ahead. Okay. Um, so my husband and I, we have a mixed family, five children, three grandchildren. And my son one day said to me, Mom, this is your fault that we're in this situation. And this was a few years ago, and it hurt me terribly. So my question to you is, what can we tell our, our adult children, words of wisdom, what they can do for the future? I think the most disarming thing anyone can say is, yes, it is my fault. Yep, you're right. And if you, I'll take my fair share. And if you need to give me more than my fair share, I'll take it. Because it's not about finding fault. It, it can't be about finding fault. Son, if you're going to fix it, what we have to do is diagnose the problem not assign blame. And there's enough blame to go around for absolutely everyone. 
So your job is to do the opposite of what the entire country is doing. And while they narrow their view, you have to expand your view. You have to start. You must go outside of your circle of influence after you know what you know. And the only way you can know what you know is to be challenging everything you think you know right now. Don't take anybody's word for it. Read and study everything. And then go out. I just said to our producers, I was just talking about an interview I did on NPR, which was the most unfair interview I've ever done. And I've done unfair, I've been with Katie Couric, I've done unfair interviews before. The most unfair interview, I should say, that was done to me. This guy was a, a, a professor of journalism. And, and it was a total set-up hatchet job from the get-go, from his first sentence, I knew. And so I was telling my producers, what good did that do for him? probably made him feel good because people don't want reconciliation. They want to blame it on somebody. Okay, I'll be your punching bag. Okay, but now can we move past that? And what I said to my producers is, I need to do more interviews with people I don't understand and not say, explain me, explain yourself to me. I'm not your judge. But can you explain how you, what you believe and why you believe in a, in a Socratic sort of way? Not because I want to judge you. I want to be able to repeat your point of view back until you say, yes, you have it. When I understand what you're trying to say, then I can respond. But only when you tell me, yes, I understand. What makes me say this? is, and I'm, <laughs> I'm getting, and I understand it, I really do, I'm getting so much heat right now from the right because I met with the New York Times editorial board. Well, God forbid you meet with 19 people at the New York Times without anyone knowing what we talked about. I'll tell you what we talked about. You guys. They wanted to know who is your audience And what's the difference between your audience and the Trump supporter that we see on television? And I I explained to them, first of all, let's start with the Trump supporter. Don't you dare lump all the Trump supporters into one bag because there are those who are white supremacist. But the vast majority are not. They're not. But there are those neo-Nazis there. And you ha- if we want to fix things, you have to be able to separate those guys from the bulk. Just like we have to separate the leaders of the Black Lives Movement and the people who are burning down cities from the people who might be standing on the sidelines going, damn right, they got a point. There is a problem here. But they don't want to change us from a capitalist society to a communist society. They don't want their own state that's all black. They don't, they don't want any of that. We need to understand those people. Because what happens when no one on our side takes the time to listen to their side and be a- the reasonable people and, and be able to say, do I have it? Do I, will you tell me now 
what I just said. Is that what you believe? (sighs) Yes. Thank God somebody's finally listening to me. What happened to the Tea Party? Why are so many people angry enough to sell out, in my opinion, every single principle they've ever held to vote for Donald Trump? It's not about Hillary Clinton. It's not. It's about eight years and possibly even 12 years because of the end of George W. Bush of no one listening. George Bush wasn't listening. He gave us he gave us prescription drugs. He said one thing about the border and then he put our border guards in jail. Nobody was listening to us. Then Barack Obama and you teabaggers walking around. Well, what happened? Because no one sat down and said, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let's stop calling them names. Could you just sit with me? And I don't mean a beer summit. And I don't mean do it with the president. Because that's all propaganda. I mean individual to individual. Will you just sit down with me? We're neighbors. We're not even talking to each other. I, I may have to, and you may have to. Walk out of the room and take a few deep breaths. I have, a, I have a theory. We've talked about for a long time doing a show like this with Fruit Loops. Because I've never had a bowl of Fruit Loops when I was angry. I never, had, I never wanted to call anybody names when I was eating a bowl of Fruit Loops. So I don't know if it's the Fruit Loops the time of day I'm eating Fruit Loops, I don't know what it is, but I'm willing to try it and sit down with people and say, okay, let's have an honest conversation. And the first time you don't answer honestly, I'm going to call you on it. Say, stop it. Don't give me that. Don't, don't. Tell me what really is happening. If we can do that, we can find reconciliation. Maybe not even agreement but at least reconciliation. And if we don't find that, this is the best of times for the next 10 years. Does that help? Yes, thank you. Okay. Yes, Zach. I don't know if help is the right word for that. That's kind of bleak. Um, (laughs) Just, yeah. Um, Okay, you know what? I have to tell you, I have to tell you. Help me. Help me. First of all, I mean, I'm wearing the scarecrow's pants. I mean, how could it? I mean, how could you be bleak and be wearing the scarecrow's pants? I am try, I'm really. I'm coming off more bleak than I feel. What I feel is. The, the, the pain that is coming. You can't. Uh, you know, you're, you're an adult and your kid is out in the middle of nowhere and you happen to have an ER that's with you or you happen to know how to do it and you got to get your kid back miles but you got to set their leg. You know the pain that they're going to go through before you even touch their leg. Before you, when they're like, don't touch it, don't touch it and you're like, I have to, and this is going to hurt so much. You feel the pain because you can't, if you want to set the leg, you cannot avoid the pain. 
It's coming. Every bone in our body of this republic is broken, and we're still beating each other up. We're going to have to set the leg, and the pain that we're all going to feel is enormous. So I feel that. I know what's coming. But I also, for the first time, see the other side. And I don't know how to convince people of the other side because I can't even convince them of the pain that's coming. But I'm telling you, if we stay together, if we are good to one another, if we try harder, there is nobody in this audience more flawed than me. I, I am on the air every day. The things that I have said, the, the, the anger that has come out of my mouth, All of the poison that has come from my tongue in the last 15 years, I know it. I know it. And I don't know how to do my job any better than I am. But I'm trying. And we all have to try. We can't. This is not going to be solved by anyone else. It can't be. It's going to be solved by us as individuals making an individual choice. People have to know what time we're living in. We're living in historic times. It's good. It's good. Should we choose? Okay, so sorry. That's okay. You, building off of that, you are a polarizing figure. No. So I've heard and so I've read. Um, And so it's possible that the reconciliation you're looking for may not be able to come from you. Oh, I'm well aware. And I don't know that I necessarily trust uh, the left to listen to me and what my perspective is. And I don't know that anybody on the right necessarily does. Tea partiers, probably not. We've had that experience. We've tried, and it didn't work. Understanding that, how do we how do we relieve the pressure? We have to we have to just suck it up and listen to the other side and listen to the other side and listen to the other side until they say, yes, you finally get it. And at that point, I mean, how do we hold on long enough until we reach that point of understanding with them so that we get to a place where we can actually express ourselves and release some of the pressure that we're holding ourselves? Well, first of all, how long have you watched me, Zach? I have listened to you since uh, Ramos and Campion. I I listen to you every day on the radio show. So you know how many people I have brought to the table and tried to say, you, you could lead. You could lead. You could do it, right? You've heard over and over and over and over again. And I really thought we had one in Hutch, and the Lord took him. Um, I am currently meeting with the left because I know it can't be me. I'm looking for, I've, I've searched, I've turned over every rock. I've asked every person on Capitol Hill. No politician will do it or can do it. Nobody's getting it. Nobody's listening. Nobody's studying it. Everybody wants to win. Everybody has an agenda 
Today in this interview, somebody, you know, this guy was accusing me of doing this for money. I said, would you just listen to yourself? How is it I can make money off of this? By going to the left and kissing the butts of the left when my audience will look at me and say, you're such a sellout? By going after my own people and saying, guys, this is not the answer. Where's the money in that? Where's the success in that? If somebody can show it to me, I'll gladly embrace it because I don't want to be unsuccessful. But nobody is willing to do it. Why was Moses, what did Moses say when he went to the burning? You got the wrong guy. Uh, What? Why? I'm slow of speech. It's not that it's not that God maybe wanted Moses is because Moses was the only one that would stand up. Somebody's going to hear the call and they're going to stand. But it is incumbent upon all of us to start turning over rocks and finding that person, challenging that person, even if that person is you. And yeah, we're going to kiss a thousand toads in the hopes of finding one prince. One. And Martin Luther King, it wasn't just him. It was all the people with him. And what did he do? It was so important the way people even dressed back then. Because what were they saying about, what were they saying about blacks? They were slovenly, uneducated, right? So what did he do? You march with me, you wear a white shirt and a tie. Every time you shine your shoes. We're going to get beat up. Shine your shoes and study the gospel in his own words. Study the gospel of Jesus Christ and meditate on on it every single day. You don't think they wanted to throw punches? You bet they did. Before Hutch was taken, he told me about it. He hated Martin Luther King. He hated all the people that stood with him. And how many people now, if, if we say... As a group, let's find reconciliation. That doesn't mean you surrender what you believe. That means we find our way back to each other so we can talk to each other. And how many people will say, I'm not doing that? Find them. Find them. Those are the people. People in our own churches won't do it. People in our own churches. I mean, boy, I have read 2 Timothy 3 over and over and over and over again recently. I have, I have read the Beatitudes over and over and over and over again, and I can't find compromise. I can't find go stand with the dirtbags for a while. I can't find, go call them names, punch them, get revenge. I can't find anything like that. Anything like that. All I see is, you're going to be hated. Ooh, you're going to be hated. Because you're going to say something entirely unexpected, entirely different, entirely 
in reverse of what all of the planet is preaching. You could preach love in the 60s. It's not that big of a deal. Preach love in the 60s with Martin Luther King. Now, that was different. Preach it on the campus. Preach love in the Middle East. That's not fun. Preach love on the floor of the DNC or the RNC convention. You're not going to be popular. Preaching love in the churches? We're doing that every Sunday. That's not controversial. Preach it where it counts. Live it where it counts. Back in a minute. Zach is just saying that maybe we all start on Facebook because we all have Facebook and Lord of the Rings. It wasn't the big wizard. It wasn't. It wasn't Gandalf. It was a hobbit, the least of everybody. It was a hobbit. And that is the point. we, We are all looking for Washington to solve this. We're all looking for the government or the parties or somebody else to solve this. Our grandparents wouldn't have done that. Our grandparents, it was up to us to solve it. That's what they believed. It was up to them to solve it. And we did create this problem. I didn't create this problem. This problem's been going on for 100 years. Problem with race, I didn't cause that problem. I had nothing to do with that. I had nothing to do with that. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. Have we always been attentive enough when we saw an injustice that we really stood against all injustice? Most of the time, if it doesn't affect us or further our side, we don't stand for it. Case in point, James Comey. Oh my gosh, what a fat bunch of hypocrites we are. James Comey, two weeks ago, the worst guy ever. And the left, the most honest man you can find. He's practically Jesus. Three weeks later, whoop. And they don't even notice it. They don't even notice it. They're not going to solve this. Angela. Um, Interesting talking about Facebook. I, several years ago, was one of those people who just, I followed what my family always did. You know, we were Republicans, and I always voted Republican because that's what my family did. And it wasn't until I started engaging a lot, you know, with my friend Janice, and um, she the turned, evil one, Janice. She is. Yes. Uh, she turned me on to you, and I started listening to you. And it finally woke me up to acknowledging what my principles are and actually figuring them out and paying attention to them. And, um, you know, you. It was a scary process, wasn't it? It is. And it's, you know, I've lost friends on Facebook. I'm sure mm-hmm. I've lost a lot of friends because. I am not shy about posting anything, you know, about my beliefs. And I found out that a huge percentage of my friends were liberals. And, you know, I knew that to some degree, but um, I feel very alone uh, in terms of amongst my circle of friends. But the one thing that you have taught me is um, Janice was talking about, you know, what do we tell our kids um, is... I feel very proud because of the strength and 
um, knowledge and wisdom that you have given me through what you do, that I am setting an example now for my nieces and nephews because my parents, my brothers, you know, they're all, you know, you got to vote for Trump. I probably shouldn't be saying this, but, um, you you know, they're, you you have to vote for Trump, period, you know, because we can't have Hillary. And it's like, they don't agree with me at all because I can't vote for either one. And I'm sticking to my principles and they think I'm crazy and, you know, I am glad to be setting this example for my for my nieces and nephews because they ask me why I won't vote for them and who am I voting for and, um, you know, I explain to them. Good and deal. something that's scary is that my one niece, you know, in the uh, in the primaries, she said, "We're gonna, I want to vote for Bernie Sanders." And I said, "Well, why?" And she said, "Free college. He's going to give us all free college." <laughs> And, oh, it's very free. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, it's um, it's kind of scary what our kids are, you know, learning in school and whatnot. But I just want to thank you. For- thank you. I will tell you that um, they, they're learning these things in college because we're not doing anything to adapt a message to them. You know, hey, let's let's go back to colonial America. What? Millennial is like, oh, man, that'd be great. In any way, shape, or form, in any way, shape, or form, how is that cool or even interesting at the very beginning of it? When you're like, hey, kids, let's open a book. No. You have to ease them into it. And then they start to find, Rafe told me he would never, ever read a book. For years. I'm not a reader, Dad. I know you're a reader. I'm not a reader. You haven't found the right book. I forced him to read books with me. He found a book. Now, literally, we, are, we will get up from bed, and Tony will say, he's got his light on. I know he's got his light on. He's, he's got, go upstairs, turn his light off, because he's reading. Take his book away. We have to discipline him. Stop reading. We feel horrible. Stop reading. What parent says that? Ease them into it. Ease them into it. The millennials have not had the message culturally. And look what the media has done. The way we look, the way we act, the way we talk is completely opposite of the culture that they're used to. So we automatically look like powdered wigs and Ronald Reagan. (laughs) They don't know who Ronald Reagan is, nor do they care. If somebody would have, my dad would have said, oh man... Oh, if we could have just had the days of Eisenhower back. <laughs> Wouldn't have meant anything to me. Why would I want to? Oh, I'm going to. Oh, they're going to bring back Eisenhower. That sounds bad. That's what we sound like to millennials. And we're not talking to them. We're preaching to them. I, I, I believe they are starving for it. They just don't know it. And I remember doing the show at Fox. Anybody remember me doing the five days of the civil rights movement where I talked about the black history in America? And, and I, I'm sure if you remember that, you remember me talking about Oscar, who was on my set. And uh, he was mad as hell one day. And he watched the whole show, and he wouldn't even face me during the show. And I'm like, oh boy, what have I said? pulled him up after the show and I said what have I how did I offend you he said you 
Glenn, you haven't offended me. I am so angry with the system right now because they have lied to me and stolen my heritage. They have told me a lie that there were no great men. There were no people like me. There were no models. There were nobody that thought like I thought. And they stole it from me. What do you think is going to happen to those who like to spin lies about our heritage when we finally wake up and understand how to relate to a millennial? And I'm not saying I know how, but there's got to be some people in America that believe what we do. Who know? Start talking to millennials because I got news for you. It ain't going to be us to solve it. We won't solve this. It'll be them. It'll be you. You're the one. Our job. Anybody watch the show I did on the fourth turning? The fourth turning is the generational turn. There are four generations. The last one or the first one is the hero generation. If you're my age, you're the forgotten latchkey generation. The one in between me and now the new generation, the older generation, is the, I don't know, artist or hippie generation, whatever it was called. But they were the ones that went out to find themselves, and they were so free, and they were so great, and we're going to change the world. And that's an important generation. They do, they have massive change. But then when they parent, they parent people like me, and I'm like, okay, hey, you guys, while you were out finding yourself, you kind of lost track of us. And so we are the doers. We're the ones who always had to sweep up behind the family and fix it. Because mom and dad were crazy, and we were the ones that were in charge, and so we got to fix it, and we'll fix it. We just got to get it, and we become fiercely independent. The next generation, because we're fiercely independent, it's always the other swing, because we're fiercely independent, they're much more about us and we, the we generation. They become the heroes because the hippie generation screwed it up so much it's all burning itself down. Our job is not to fix it. Our job is to look at a millennial and say, you're strong enough, you're smart enough. You can do it. You will do it. Yes, we were part of the problem. But because we didn't see it, we didn't know, we wouldn't have done this. This is not what any of us designed. Were there people who designed it? Maybe. I don't know. doesn't matter. You have to fix it. We'll help you. Tell us how we can help you. All we ask in exchange is don't burn it all down. Don't burn it all down. We've learned from the wisdom of standing in the shadow of the people who really did do great stuff, the civil rights, and great damage. And we, can, we kind of know the difference between the two, but our system is so old and antiquated it won't work. You're going to find it. Let us help you. That's our job. Back in a minute. Paul. Glenn, I've been a follower for a long time, since Fox. Uh, my mom was a avid reader of your books and listened okay. to your show and watched everything. And um, she was like, Paul, you've got to check out this guy, Glenn. And I was like, all right. So I did go, he's a little crazy, but, <laughs> you know, um, just a little. Um, 
But as I've grown up, and now my mom has passed away, and this is my dad with me, and he's here from Tennessee, and um, I was like, Dad, if there's anything I could do with you, it's got to be go see Glenn Beck. I said, because this is what we're tied in. Um, but the thing that stood out to me the most in, in my walk as a, as a young man, one, I'm 32 years old, so I don't understand a whole lot of stuff. Um, and so I'm trying to understand more. I'm 52, of and I don't either. Yeah. Um, but I, this past week, I was reading an Acts, in the book of Acts, chapter 6, that talks about the calling of the seven. And it says that as they were called, the numbers began to increase. Well, they had to get other people to come in and help out the seven. And they became what they considered tent makers or table makers. Um, and I was challenged in that and the fact that I, as a 32-year-old who don't understand everything, not just in the world standard but also in God's standard, I'm called to be a table maker. So my question to you is how can I, as a young person, um, I consider myself young, but how do, I, how do I make the table for people that are speaking out like yourself and, and others out there? This is why I said, don't trust me. Don't put your faith in me because I'll let you down. I don't know. I'm trying to find it for myself. I really am. I, I come home every night and, um, and I'm trying to figure it out and what I can do. What can I do more of? What, you know, what, what I have learned is I think less is more. <laughs> I, think, I think less is more. I think... Um, um, just finding, what is it, City Slickers, where Curly says, one thing. Life is about that one thing. Well, what is that one thing? Exactly. Um, finding that one thing and um, focusing on that one thing. And I have a feeling that that one thing is God and family. And the best thing you can do is fix yourself with him and your family. I think that's it. I think we all, anything beyond that is grandiose. Everything else, he'll take care of. If you stay with him, he'll put your feet in the right place, in the right direction. And then you just have to be brave enough to do it. Can I give you one more thing? I remember um, it was about a year after my baptism and I was just starting to be God's, he was my buddy. And um, I remember my wife called me at home and it was seven o'clock in the morning and she was going off to work. And uh, uh, she, uh, she called me, woke me up from a dead sleep and she said, she's crying. She says, honey, I was just in an accident. You have to come and pick me up. Hurry. And I said, okay, I'll be right there. Click. No caller ID. We didn't have cell phone. Nothing. And I'm like, I just hung up with her, and I have absolutely no idea where she is. Now, I could sit here and wait for her to call back, but if she waits 25, 30, 40 minutes, and I wait for her to call back, she's really not going to be in a good mood. So I got in the car, and I just, I, I figured it out in my own head. Okay. She left about 25 minutes ago, so she's probably about here. So I went that way. Okay, she's not there. All right, let me turn around. I'm going to go another direction, because she sometimes goes this way. No, she wasn't there. 
The minute I started looking, I had a feeling she's past the toll booths and everything else. And I, st- and I immediately dismissed it. It's, it's, too, it's too early for her to be there. That's way down. She'd never be there. <clears throat> well, long story short, that's exactly where she was. After me stopping a cop, asking where an accident was, everything else, I finally was out of answers. I got in the car, or I got back in the car. I just drove on the freeway, went past the toll booths, which I'd already done once before, and then turned around in the median because that was crazy to go that far. I just kept driving, and that's exactly where she was. At that moment, I promised God, I get it. You're a muscle. You're like a muscle. I have to exit. When you speak to me on the littlest thing, I have to do it. It will get stronger and it will get louder. If I don't exercise it at the easy times, it stops working. Back in a minute. Wayne. Okay, I just want to uh, piggyback on you were talking about you know reaching out to millennials a little bit. Yeah. And I remember um, a few weeks ago you talked about the term conservative, and it was coined by FDR. Yeah. In his inauguration speech, if I believe. Yeah. And when I heard that, I'm like, that's stupid for us to use a term that was coined uh-huh. by the biggest liberal, progressive. Yeah, progressive liberal yes. around. Now, me personally, I've. About two years ago, I stopped using the term conservative. Good for if you. you were to ask me, I consider myself an individualist. In other words, the people around me, you can do whatever you want, provided it doesn't have an adverse effect or on the, the people around you or the opportunities that they may have. And to me, people can connect with that word a lot better because everybody else is an individual. Yeah. But when they hear the word conservative, conservative it doesn't make has any done sense. A, such great damage. And you know, when you read about it and you find the origin is FDR, he took the word liberal away, which meant individualist. Mm-hmm. Okay, he took that away, and they co-opted that. And then they took the word progress, which every who's against progress? Nobody's against progress. Progressive liberal. So they took those words away, and then they said. You're the conservative. You're the person holding on in fear that doesn't want to change anything. You want to go back in the past. And we let them do it. And we're still fighting. We're still saying, no, that word means something. Words mean nothing. And what they have turned it into means volumes to a whole lot of people. Let me just quick throw this out. When it comes to charity, are we conservative? I'm not. I'm over that 10% threshold. I'm pretty liberal when it comes to charity. And I would think most people in this room are pretty liberal when it comes to charity. So why do we use it? You know, I think it's, we just need to start, stop swallowing what's being spoon-fed to us and start spending some time and thought. It's what Angela said. And um, you've done a very brave thing to question everything that you thought you knew and realize that you, maybe I don't know. Maybe I don't know. I don't know anything. That's really frightening because when you really go through that process, you start to think, maybe there's nothing in there. Maybe there's nothing real in me. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm empty. And maybe there are no answers that I could find. At least that has, so that's what happened to me. Is I, st- I was so afraid to question certain things because it might open up another door that I don't want to go down. I don't want to question that. I don't want to, I'm happy over there. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Open them all up. 
That's the fun of life. Is be, you're really alive when you, when you know what you believe. I mean, you know, if you read Socrates, now I know they killed him in the end because of the questioning, but when you read Socrates, it's great. Read Plato, and you see what he did was just go and ask questions. That's being alive. Just say humbly, I, I'm not asking you because I know. I want to learn. Come to me like a child. Number one thing a child says is, why? Why? Come to me like a child means come to me with questions. We get back there, we're going to be okay as long as they're honest questions. Back in a minute. Zachary, go ahead. Our Father, we're grateful to be here this day together. We're grateful for, for our country and for our families, for the people that we love and support and that love and support us. We pray that that spirit will be with us and through us with them. Help us to reach out and bring people together. Help us to be good examples and calming influences. We pray in the name of thy son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. From Dallas, good night. Thanks, Zach. Experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free, just like we did for these current Web.com customers. We've used and and looked at other website designers, but there's nobody better than Web.com. Web.com can build your website in as little as seven days free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines like Google, Yahoo, and Bing. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. If you're in business today and you don't have a web presence, you won't be taken seriously. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-490-1099 or go to web.com slash radio. That's 800-490-1099. No upfront charge for site build, after which ongoing fees apply. Rights to site are relinquished when canceled. Domain included during active service, after which fees apply.